Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to yet another Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. We're back again. It's the start of a week and just a little bit has happened since we last had a Wrestling Daily. Uh, AEW Revolution, Smackdown in the bank. Christian has debuted, as Lou and I thought he might on the Friday, on the Thursday. I think we discussed it. So a lot has gone down. There's a lot for us to get into. Of course, we had a Monday Night Raw last night as well. So, guys, there's so much to talk about. You are the heartbeat of the show. Please give us your ultra chats and comments in the chat. We would love to get into that. Louis is going to share with you a snippet of his chat with Big Cass. I mean, that's not really his name anymore. But as you may well be familiar with him as Big Cass, um, Louis is going to share a clip from that interview. And I've got to tell you, I read some excerpts of it. His battles with um, alcohol and stuff. I thought it was very powerful stuff, man. So, Louis, first of all, Good job. And second of all, man, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Um, nice few busy days of wrestling. I don't know about you. On the Monday, I was I was gone. I was absolutely gone. And you know, I couldn't get onto the media call in the, uh, in the evening. What, the AW one? The link wasn't working for me. Oh, they, they screwed you. They screwed so, you out. So, no, to be fair, I think it might work in Wrestling Daily's favour. That's all I'm going to say for now. But I think it might work in Wrestling Daily's favor. Yeah, I stayed up till 4.30 and was like, all right, let me log on. Logged on and the link wouldn't let me on. And I was like, oh, no. So I've stayed up for all this time. I am, um, I, I, um, for real, I was going to bail. I wasn't going to do it. I was so tired. I just thought, oh, man, like, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll watch the show. And then I've got, you know, I've got a long day tomorrow. Obviously, the ending happened. <laughs> and I was like, I'm definitely getting on the call now. Um, and I wanted to speak to Tony Khan, but... Uh, they gave who, me who did you Adam, get the end? Adam Page, which is fine. Love Adam Page, but uh, everybody wanted to speak to Tony Khan, obviously. So, but he kayfabed us. That's what he did, and uh, we'll get into that more as the show goes on, guys. You can let us know what you think, as you may have seen today. We have launched our own Twitter account. That's right. Wrestling Daily has a Twitter account. It is at Rest Daily. W R E S D A. I-L-Y, make sure you get on that, follow that, interact with us. Um, we'll be posting clips from the show. There's going to be polls. Some of the co-hosts are going to have some stuff to say, hot takes, all of that good stuff. Please do follow that account. It's going to be your hub for all things wrestling daily. I think we're nearly 100 followers already. It's been a nice first day, Louis. 
Has been a very nice first day. Yeah, I set that up today, so that that was that was my main job, getting all that sorted. And we'll be tweeting our thoughts about shows. We'll be commenting on funny bits in wrestling media, which always tend to crop up. So yeah, it'll be a nice place for you guys to interact with us. I guess if you if you're thinking, oh, what did Louis and Alex think of Raw before Wrestling Daily goes on air? Our thoughts. We, we we might do do like one of one of us will do a little post. Uh, even Stefan SV3 as well about what we thought of the show. Maybe the person that isn't on the show, so you can get SV3's thoughts on Raw, for example, when he's not on the show covering it. But yeah, it'll be a nice place for you guys to interact with us. That'll be where we collate all of the hot takes. And if, for example, you can't watch a show, we will have a clip on there. The first clip is MJF, obviously absolutely rollicking me uh, for uh, masturbating over Harry Potter, which I haven't done. To clarify, I have I have not done that. Um, don't even like Harry Potter, but I think precisely he said Hermione, which you know, present day Hermione, no nobody would would bat an eye, Lou. All right, uh, but what he insinuated <laughs> was absolutely different to that. So, but don't worry, yeah, I've, I've got a pube chin. Don't worry about it. Like I've got, I've grown a bit of a pube chin of my own, but no, I I it's first year I've done since that MJF. Uh, cool, and it was absolutely fantastic. I think he was a, he was a fantastic sport. He, he's just he was perfect for that role. As soon as AEW were like, oh, do you want to interview MGF? I was like, he will be fantastic for Wrestling Daily, and it, it, it was very very enjoyable. So uh, thank you for everyone that was there. Um, super chatted in to to mm. get your questions for MGF, and hopefully 10, that won't be the last. I was yeah, about to we, say, I think about ten thousand people have seen it now, which is good, very good. I mean, proves proves we're not draws, doesn't it? You get a wrestler on the show. Well, I mean, in the face in in the face of MJF, I'll I'll take that. But as Louis uh, alludes to, um, I mean, MJF has was Louis's get, and there's a couple in the pipeline. I don't think we can say just yet, but there is another one that I'm personally very excited about because I think this guy is hilarious. So um, that'll be awesome to get in the pipeline maybe next week. I will have to keep you updated on that one. Um, but yeah, that is going to be a recurring theme where possible, where it fits, right? Like, yeah. obviously, I've got interviews to do. Louis's got interviews to do. I don't think it would have been appropriate, for instance, for Big Cass to have his first interview that's you know emotionally charged. Yeah on wrestling daily so you know we, we have to make it fit where it fits um but as people will have seen today as well the goal we're not sure when it's going to start yet before or after wrestlemania but the friday show is likely to feature a guest host moving forward so if you are youtube connoisseurs and you want to tell us about people you want to see here on wrestling daily be it you know alongside louis me myself whoever then make sure you let us know. I've done a post on Twitter, which you can go on and, and tell me what you think. Do it on the Rest Daily new Twitter account. Just let us know who you want to see on here. We, you know, we've got a list of ourselves that Louis and I, of course, admire, but I'm always interested in people maybe I don't know about, right? People that are killing mm-hmm. it, I need to get to know. Yeah. People deserve chances, um, right? And we'd like to showcase a different variety of voice as well on the channel. Maybe people that are into, I know, for example, I was thinking that, Girls at Church of Joshi might be good to get their perspective on things for for people that cover wrestling, I guess, that we don't cover. So if there's someone that you're like, oh, maybe that they don't fit in sort of the mainstream wrestling media, send their names in and we will love to have them on the show. We want to get a different variety of voices heard and it'll be fun for Al to only do one show a week with me as opposed to two. 
But you can't wait. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, maybe you'll do some of the Friday slots. Right? I will. We're, maybe, we're, maybe. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna work it out. It's not a. But come come June twenty first, when we're out of lockdown, you'll be lucky to get me down for one show a week. I'll tell you that. Well, mate. I mean, I would say the same for myself, but I'm a boring dad, and I'm not gonna say that. But Louis has life to live. Um, I must say, we do have some news to get into today, which we are going to do shortly. As you can see by the titular news, Chad Gable is in the discussions now. Um, Cody Rhodes. His comments have only really just come up, but they were made ahead of Revolution in regards to NXT's rumoured move to Tuesdays. We're going to get into that. There's also a move on why Christian came to AEW. Who was behind it? Who swayed? Who put? Who planted the seed in Christian's mind? So there's a lot of good stuff for us to get into today and as well get into the shows that have transpired yeah. since our last Wrestling Daily. An hour, it almost isn't enough, but... Please do give us your ultra chats, guys. We would love to uh, discuss all of those things with you. If you have any things you want to bring up on any of the events, any of the news, whatever. We are your guys, so please feel free. Uh, Louis, you know what we yes. do here. You know what we do here. I just want to say before we do the titular news, to do the ultra chat, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily, the mod mother is training little mod mothers. That's what she's doing. She's and, and mod fathers, I think. Sure, but you know, mod mother. Anyway, mm. she's expanding the crop, and they are on ultra chat duty tonight. So that would be awesome. Let yeah, you know, let her train them to take your thoughts. Uh, the mod mother is presiding over everything. The almighty mod mother. That is who she is. Listen, uh, let's get into the news. Titular stuff first, Louis. There was a tweet the other day which sent some alarm bells ringing. People, they were like. Hang on a minute. Is Chad Gable's contract coming out? Yeah, so it was from Dax Harwood of FTR. So Chad Gable says, you are my number one guy, referencing Otis. And a wrestling connoisseur, Dax Harwood, said, wait, what's all this number one talk? I know you're not allowed to respond to me publicly for about two more months, but come on, man. He's your number one? So yes, listen, it's all it's all funny, him taking Oh, good. Photo. It's all good him taking a little shot at Otis. But the comment, I know you're not allowed to publicly respond to me for two more months, implies that his WWE contract's up in two months. Um, again, important to stress. I am not reporting. Al is not reporting. No one is reporting. Reading between Chad, the lines. That Chad Gable's contract is up in two months. Dax Harwood hasn't even said it himself. He, he's implied it heavily. He might just but have he, us on strings, fellas. We don't know. Oh, he right? could do. He could do. He could. He could be. He could debut on Dynamite tomorrow. He, he won't. But um, <laughs> see, Dax has said this, and it's got sort of the, the people talking about whether Chad Gable might potentially leave um, AEW, uh, leave WWE, and obviously, I'm sure he would be an asset to AEW, New Japan, anywhere. Chad Gable is absolutely fantastic. But it is interesting. Dax has said this. I mean, I, I sort of read through the tweet, and I was like, "Oh, funny about Otis." Then I was like, "Hang on." Two months until until uh, you can talk to me publicly. That's interesting. That's Expire, very interesting. Expires after WrestleMania, you would have to assume, which is a yeah. go-to place for a lot of contracts. But I don't. I mean, I'm just going to make the comparison to the football world. Like nobody in their right mind lets their talents get this close on the contract. Like two months, no. if if that is the case, you know. Again, we don't know. But presuming that it is, whether Chad is like 
strung them along a little bit, which I know sometimes talent do. Like CM Punk was very open about that before he signed it, you know, before Money in the Bank, that infamous contract. He very much just kept delaying, delaying, delaying. And then if, you know, you're an integral part of the show, your leverage grows. Or maybe they start to use you more because they want you to stay, i.e. Cesaro. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff that, you know, that goes into contracts and WWE's weird ways of it. Bottom line, Chad Gable could thrive anywhere in the world. I could see him doing killer matches in Japan. I could see him killing it in AEW in like 15, 20-minute matches. Anything more than what he's done in WWE, really, to be honest, because he's only had a couple of bursts here and there. But I am a firm believer in the wrestling ability of Chad Gable. He should be packaged as like a wrestling machine in my book. Uh, and Lou, like, I'll, I mean, if this came to fruition, if Dax is teasing and that is ultimately what happens... Listen, I would be a happy man, I think. Me too. Uh, Chad's great. Fantastic worker. Criminally underutilized. I would very much like to see him in AW. But again, as we have discussed multiple times on the show, whatever works for him and his family, if he gets a better offer from WWE, maybe he'll stay there. But yeah. um, again, we will obviously keep you covered in terms of news on this, whether it's reported by if we find anything out or if um, other people are reporting things over the coming days and weeks we will bring you the latest news regarding Chad Gable and whether this is there's actually some substance to it. Me too, Uptown Avondale. I'd love Ooh. to see Chad Gable in the G1 Climax. Me too. I, I, I think he'd tear it up if you let the shackles loose from him. Like, for anyone who, who saw Chad Gable in NXT, that's when I fell in love with him, right? When they first started doing the American Alpha thing. And it was like Gable was chasing down Jason Jordan, like begging him to be his partner. But when they got in the ring, like I just remember watching some of the chain wrestling and like the transitions, and I was just like, "Whoa, Chad Gable's good!" Like, t like t from a technical standpoint, I don't think people actually realise, maybe because they haven't been allowed to, how good he is. Like, he could do awesome. so much more than what he can do right now, man. Like, hopefully, it works out for him one way or the other because there's just too too much talent, too much. Yep. Um, moving along here, I just want to touch on Christian. Now, I know we're going to get some chats and we're going to delve deeper into this as the show goes on. Guys, you'll know that the big reveal that Paul White was teasing on Sunday ended up being Christian. Um, you know, we had both said that the Hall of Fame-worthy tagline did lead you to believe it might be Christian. Now, the reception to this signing, I think there's a large quarter of hardcore fans that greatly appreciate what a talented worker Christian is. I don't think WWE ever really saw Christian in the light that many of us do, right? He's And you look at his peers across the industry, they all think he's like the, one of the, the greats of the last few decades. So that's no small statement. And he showed at the Rumble, we could still go, looked great. And here he is now in AEW. Now on Renee Paquette, I always go to say young, I have to hold myself, on her oral sessions, uh, she had Christian on. Uh, and he said on Wednesday, there was nothing signed. That's the 3rd of March, by the way. It was a shock to me when I heard Paul White's announcement. Obviously, Tony and I hit it off pretty quick and we felt comfortable enough that we were going to work together. I wasn't sure I was going to go AEW after the Royal Rumble. And all the talks I had with WWE were very cordial. John Moxley talked to me and his opinions and made me think, OK, maybe I'm doing myself a disservice if I don't at least explore my options. And then he said, at the final stage of my career, I had a conversation with Tony escalated very quickly within a week. It was a done deal. So Louis, John Moxley is the head recruiter here. Does that uh, surprise you or not? I mean, what's fitting is 
It was only a few weeks ago he was waxing lyrical about Christian to uh, Gary Cassidy inside the ropes, and then the opportunity presents itself. W- Essentially, do you think the headline here is WWE let him slip through their fingers? They didn't do enough. Yes and no, because I think maybe it's years of stuff that Christian was like, you know what, I want to try something new. We don't know. Like, I mean, we we don't know the discussions that were had, that we don't know why he opted. We, we do know he said, but there, yeah. there could have been things like but, but perhaps the plans WWE laid out weren't enough. But That's perhaps he I'm just saying. wanted it. it. It's hard to say without knowing. I do think it's a missed opportunity for WWE, particularly with Edge back as well. It's not just we got Christian back. It's not just we've got Edge back. We had both back in the Rumble, and you thought that was equal to something. Particularly, I know, like, if Jimmy Uso was cleared, like the Usos versus Edge and Christian on the road to Mania just makes so much sense. Mm. But it unfortunately, we haven't got it. But listen, I'm happy for Christian. But I want to ask your opinion. When he came out, yeah. what was your reaction? Were you were you part of the... Because I've got some controversial opinions. Not even controversial. I think the people moaning uh, just need... No, 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 no. The people <laughs> moaning just need to shut up. I'm not going to lie. If you was about to badmouth Christian, there was about no, to be right. some real problems on this show. AEW said he is a Hall of Fame. Like on Wednesday, they said the guy signing is a Hall of Fame worthy talent. He is. Christian is a Hall of Fame worthy talent. So people moaning that it's not Brock Lesnar or CM Punk and saying AEW under delivered. AEW delivered exactly what they said they would deliver. You just got yourself. If you, for one moment, put 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 a balanced and considered hat on, you would know it wasn't going to be Brock Lesnar and it wasn't going to be CM Punk. You, the Realistically, the two options were Kurt Angle and Christian, who I think people would have moaned at either way. People need to. Anytime there's a wrestling return, people go, oh my God, it's CM Punk. Chill out, guys. It's not going to be CM Punk. Calm down. And I just think the people having a go, people saying, oh, Christian this, Christian that, he's not a top guy. He is a Hall of Fame worthy talent. We've all said it. I'm sure when you interviewed him as well last year, you would have also told him that you thought he was worthy of going in the Hall of Fame, as I did. Everyone thinks he's a Hall of Fame worthy talent, although I'm not sure he'll be getting in the Hall of Fame anytime soon. Um, I think this was a fantastic debut. It worked well. It'll be fantastic in AW. Dax again tweeted, It'll be so good in the ring and out of the ring. I think Bully Ray said that he should have an optional seminar class every Wednesday at 12 mm-hmm. o'clock. You'll find out the people. He, he said, firstly, oh, no, make it mandatory. And then he was like, no, make it optional so you know the people that want to learn. Because he was like, Christian, in terms of psychology, is the best. So, listen, I'm so excited to see Christian. But I, in terms of your reaction, when he came out, were you in the disappointed camp or the very happy camp? What do you think? Uh, uh, <sighs> Listen, I don't know because I do. I see everyone else seemed disappointed. Like I, I was looking all over Twitter, not me, and people, not people me. Like, no, no, no. Did Listen, you know? Did, did you think it was going to be Christian? Yeah, I thought so. I hadn't actually been told, like full transparency. It's not something I knew. Did you, um, did you see my tweets on? I, I did. I did see them. You smug, smug man. I um. I heard it. I, so I heard it, and I tweet. I was like, so I messaged Andy Dats, and I was like, right. How do I tell people I know? But without telling them I know, so I haven't spoiled it. But so I can go afterwards, look, I knew. So I tweeted like a series of tweets where the first word of every tweet was like, Christian is debuting for AW tonight. Um, yeah, very happy with myself. <laughs> I can tell. I can <laughs> tell. No, I, uh, I didn't know. Uh, to be honest, I don't really have um, anybody inside AEW, really. Like only, do you know, weirdly enough, the person I've spoke to mostly in AEW 
like be it DMs or on the record, is Tony Khan. He's really open like that. He follows me on Twitter anyway. So like there's a couple of times where I've just messaged him and been like, what's going on with this? Like particularly the ITV deal and stuff like this. I'll be like, what does this mean? And he does. He just messaged you back. Like imagine Vincent Mann just going, oh yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's quite cool like that, but I don't have any like real sources there to be honest. It's, so um, yeah, I didn't know, but I, I connected the dots when I was asked yeah. like various predictions. I'd said, I thought it was Christian um, and I was buzzing. Anyone who has followed me for any remote amount of time will know I'm a big Christian fan. Big fan. Always have been. Thought he's hella underappreciated. Um, and, you know, don't act like he hasn't got the body of work of a real legendary top talent. The Randy Orton feud in 2011 is for real. He played his awesome. part in, in the hottest period of tag team wrestling in the history of the business, many might argue. I would argue, in fact. Um, there's there's a lot of things Christian did in his ECW title reign, which I know people kind of like, eh, you know, WWE ECW is not fondly remembered. His reign had loads of great matches. So I think it's disrespectful. But here's the thing. I get it that people want CM Punk. I get it, right? I, like they, they wished it in their own way. But that's, that's on you if you do that, yeah. right? You can't want that. And I get it. I want that. I want to see CM Punk again one day. Course, um, do I want to see like Lesnar shot the world? I mean, whatever, I want to see Lesnar somewhere. But the point is, when that huge announcement isn't what you want it to be, like there was nothing that AW, particularly Paul White. I understand that Tony Khan might have heightened some expectations just because he was excited, right? Like, but he's allowed to be excited about a wrestler to be he's fair, admired well, for many years. All he said was, He's one of my favorites, which you know what, you're allowed to have your favorites. It doesn't but mean that's that... exactly what I'm saying. That, that doesn't. Yeah. That, that's fine for him to be excited about signing yeah. one of his favourites. I think the the dots started to be connected, though, because there's message boards back in the day where Tony Khan is like a huge CM Punk fan. Like, this is out there. You can see that. So I think people started working themselves into that shoot where they were like, oh, well, yeah. you know. And, but at the end of the day, like, particularly how Paul White build Christian, right, that is exactly what it was you know huge signing and it is in many inside the ring outside the ring and he just came back at the Royal Rumble got you know big proven that he was still a big deal a lot of chatter the roar that he returned and faced Randy Orton did a big number last year as well people still care about Christian mm. Cage right his work in TNA was legendary as well the stuff with AJ Styles and beyond like don't act like Christian ain't a big deal just because it wasn't CM Punk or Brock Lesnar for you. So I understand. I get that I would have popped just the same if it was a surprise. I don't know if it needed the huge, but I like dig the excitement around these things. You know, don't take that away just because some people are like, oh, you know, I didn't get what I want. Like that, it, just because you didn't get CM Punk, then that does not detract from the significance of uh, them signing yeah. Christian Cage. That's my argument there. I think he should still be savoured. It's a big deal. Uh, and again, I, I didn't feel cheated at all by AEW. Not one bit. So no, no. if anyone if anyone did, cool. But I think maybe you should think that was your expectations that did that rather yeah, than like what they told you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. As I said, A.W. said he is a Hall of Fame worthy talent and that is what he is. So fine. If this was Ethan Page, listen, I'm a massive Ethan Page fan. I've interviewed him, chatted with him. Great guy. If he was the debut, I'd be like, all right, they have over they, they have overhyped this. Ethan Page right now is not a Hall of Fame worthy talent. But AEW delivered exactly what they said they would. And I wanted to pull up this comment here if I can find it from Nero, who said, let's put things into perspective. Christian is a Hall of Famer. Well, obviously not, but is in Hall of Fame worthy. But how is this progressing the future? I mean, if you speak to anyone in wrestling, they will say how Christian, his mind for the business, will help the younger talent. And having these valuable assets in the locker room, whether it's in matches, like having him alongside some of the younger talent, will be invaluable. And I've seen people saying, oh, AEW's just got... So it's like... You know the whole meme of like, oh, I showed this to my barber and this is what he gave me. Like he gave you like a knockoff version of something. It's mm-hmm. like it was the picture of Edge at Wrestle, like pointing to the WrestleMania sign, and it's like, oh, AEW said, give me this and got Christian. And I'm like, listen, you are uh... the same people. This is the problem because WWE always saw Edge in Christian's shadows. Sorry, Christian in Edge's shadows, which isn't right. Christian is more than good enough to have his own main event run. So that is part of the problem. And maybe it's part of being conditioned to feel that way. But I hope in this run from Christian, we see he proves to everyone that might not know it already just how good he is. And in terms of what he can bring to the roster, we probably won't see that firsthand. But I am sure in five, two, three years even, we will be sitting here, you and I probably interviewing people that are saying, oh, yeah, Christian really helped me here, or this is the impact that Christian had when he joined AW. And I do not doubt for a second that we'll be seeing that impact in AW. Like, when, when did wrestling become so ageist? Do you know what I mean? Like, now anyone signs anyone who's over a certain age, and it's like a crime. They're like, oh, give someone else a chance. Like, what? Like, there's value in people in wrestling. Like, there isn't a cap. It's not like football where they're like 34, 35, and you go, cool, you know what, you know, he's starting to wind down a bit because they can't add value on the pitch from that point, really. But these guys in a wrestling promotion absolutely can. 
right? We just saw Sting in a cinematic setting add a lot to that pay-per-view. And he made Brian Cage look amazing in that match, right? That's a younger talent getting the rub from somebody. It wouldn't have been as impactful if it wasn't with Sting. Christian can go in there and work with different guys and he can make them, help them, mould them, whether you see it on the camera or not. That absolutely is value in older guys. Should WWE be pushing more building guys in their 20s? Yeah, absolutely. But in AEW, they've got a tremendous balance of like young talent in their 20s. They've proven that they use older guys in the right way. You know, it's not like a Goldberg situation where Sting is coming in for a day and he's beating their hottest character and becoming the champion. I get that. But you don't have to make a sweeping statement and say, oh, you can't have older guys or why are you signing all these older guys? They are valuable. They bring eyes and interest. There's characters that adds new dimensions to fuse. There are so many different things you can do, right? It doesn't have to just be you need a promotion where everyone is in their mid-20s. You'd, you'd complain then. You'd go, oh, well, where's the experience? Like, where's the yeah. ring? Like, you can't win. And I just think that that should, is a mute point in a lot of arguments. doesn't matter that Christian's 47. doesn't matter. He's three years older than Bobby Lashley. That's it. Um, everyone's. We, we were sitting here last week raving that Bobby Lashley was WWE champion, being like he deserves it. This should have happened sooner. Hope he has a long reign with the title. There's three years between them, and we haven't seen Christian in the ring for years. So, it, in terms you of think like that, that age thing, is just a lazy argument, though. Like so, like and, people, and the whole like, don't WWE, even think about it. They they just go, yeah. oh, you know, well, he's old. Like, look, I don't want to see Sting in the ring again. He's old. What? What do you mean? Like, I, I get it, but like. There's still cool stuff to be done that obviously won't put him at risk. It's a cool thing for the brand or whatever. Like, I feel like sometimes people just say it. Like, they don't actually think that it's like, oh, you know, why do we need these old guys? Well, there's a lot of reasons why old guys, yeah. quote unquote, are valuable. And Christian, for example, not even Christian. So, for example, the, the thing I see about AW a lot is, oh, it's WCW. But for me, AW is a combination of WCW, TNA, WWE like 06 to 2013 14 and PWG. Like, there is nothing wrong. AW does not have too many old guys or too many young guys or too many former WWE, too many former WWE guys. They have a really nice mix of everything. They have a balance of everything. And what they do well is you have an old guy like old guy, someone like Sting. You pair him with Darby Allen. You have a young guy like Ricky Starks, who not a lot of people knew pre-AW. You pair him with Taz. You you use the old guys and the older generation who have more name value to get over the younger talent. So when Sting hangs up his boots, Darby Allen's sort of career trajectory has taken a massive up since he was aligned with Sting and because he was aligned with Sting. And that's how you do things. And you need a mix of older talent and younger talent. So for me, this was a great signing. And I'm really, really happy to see Christian in AW. He, he'll be, it's going to be weird calling him Christian Cage because uh, he will always be Christian. But listen, I'm really happy. Um, and it was, it was a great point of the pay-per-view, which... Yeah, I, I enjoyed the pay-per-view. But before we move on to Raw and obviously everything else, I've got to ask you about the main event. <laughs> okay. What was your reaction after when Eddie Kingston came down? Emotional moment, lovely. And then he covers him and it's just like a poof. I presume, like, listen, as a man with young kids, when you're doing fireworks night, that's sort of the the low, sort of simmered down display that you do for your girls. So it's not like a lot, like a lot going on. It's like, all right, you can hold some sparklers because they're not too dangerous. That's what that felt like. 
I've, I've praised AEW all, all show so far. I need to get my little digs in there. This wasn't good. This, this was, I know, I know, it was a malfunction and like a like a botch, but it was really bad. I, I have some thoughts. Um, I thought Revolution was a great pay per view. I've seen people different on it, but I thought every match was was good to great and some like exceptional. The main event was exceptional. I thought it was awesome work. Um, balls to the wall stuff from Kenny Omega, John Moxley. They really laid it all out there. You know, say what you like about the explosions or, or whatever, but I still think for what it was, they really gave it everything they had and I was invested in what was going on. And I thought it was magnificently done. Like when I see Eddie Kingston come out, I was like, yeah, like I've wanted the Kingston Moxley kind of frenemies thing to happen for a long time. I was so delighted and I thought, this is awesome. I was so, I was like, edge of my seat, right? Edge of my seat. This is amazing. Then the timer went off and that was a pile of crap. Like that is an awful way to finish an amazing pay-per-view, right? Like what made it so much worse is Kingston kept selling it which I get that he probably felt like he had to do. The commentary team is selling it like it's the worst thing they've seen. They're like, they, they're basically talking like the two guys in the ring are dead, right? Yeah. Um, when really... You've got to adapt. You've got to adapt. Have, they should have called an audible at that point, right? They should yeah. have said like the, the, the commentators, or if Tony Khan, obviously he decided to kayfabe us. So afterwards, Tony Khan said that was meant to happen, right? He said, you know, can you make a built bad bomb? That's just how it went. You know, the, the Moxley eliminator... Uh, extermination chamber was built by Omega and it gave them an out to quote him of not exploding the guys. That's not what happened. Uh, we've also heard from Brian Alvarez that Kenny Omega was furious backstage with what transpired. <laughs> Shock. No Shock. shit. Yeah. Um, and also that, yes, they had tested it prior to the show and it did work. It just so happened that the fireworks and the explosions that they'd rigged here did not. Um, what they could have done on the fly. It's very hard because it's the end of a live pay-per-view, but Kenny Omega should come back out and be like, that didn't work. If, if that was the case, he'd come back out and he'd like laugh at them and be like, ha, ha. Or, or he'd be like, oh no, I didn't, you know, whatever. The commentary team didn't help him either by being like, you know, oh, that didn't quite go according to plan. They did like a Jinder Mahal, Jeff Hardy situation where they were like, oh, well, you know, got to sell it now, no matter what's happened. Um, I felt all of that ruined a really amazing show closing moment. And I don't know whether they should have just owned it. I feel like that would have been better to maybe have just been like, look, we you know we, we tried obviously that we couldn't help it. They didn't work out. But if they had just done, you know, like the superplex spot where the ring collapses, you do that lot of smoke, few fireworks. I think people were satisfied, right? That'd have been like enough. I think. Yeah. Or you have like a contingency plan where you say to Eddie Kingston, if it doesn't go off, or maybe you didn't know, but you say the commentary. I think you needed to. AW was potentially a bit cocky in this and thought, oh, maybe well, they didn't have a backup plan. Hindsight is obviously a wonderful thing. Of course, but you need to look at the situation and go, right, what is the chances of this going wrong? And it is more likely than your average angle. When you've got like Seth Rollins turning on the, the shield, you don't need a backup plan because what can go wrong? Like, But this, there was a high chance of it going wrong or a higher chance than, than your usual angle. So I think in future, if AEW does do things like this, just say, listen, all right, what is it? In worst case scenario, let's hope we do not need to use this, but have something there. Because I'm sitting there thinking now, and listen, if any promotion is going to prove me wrong, it's AEW. 
But I'm sitting there thinking now, how do you get out of this on Wednesday? What can you physically do to explain? Like, I know what, what Tony Khan said, yeah. but it, it doesn't excuse Eddie Kingston, who is one of the hardest men that we've, that we've been trained to feel in wrestling. Like one of the most sort of like, he won't quit men. Like he, he kind of just sort of sold that and commentary sold that. So I don't oh, know how they get out of this. I felt I really so sorry don't know. So sorry for him. So sorry so for Moxley. Man. So sorry for Omega. Like Moxley, the promo that he cut after the match, you can tell he's pissed off. Like, you know, he's obviously given everything there, gone through a lot. And then that's the finish. Like at the end of the day, it's no one's fault. It really, like, you know, I guess these, this stuff happens. It's just super, super unfortunate. Um, you know, ECW had this in the mid '90s when they tried to do something similar as well. They they didn't really go great for them. So like, I, I think it was it was still amazing, like in a great angle. Like if if they can pivot out of this and somehow make it, you know, someone mess with the trigger or wiring or whatever. You know, Tony Khan says they're going to address it on Wednesday. Then all is not lost. But I still I don't uh, know how they get out of it. I well, do not know. I mean, even if they do, nobody's going to forget that ending. That's the that's that's the horrible thing for everyone involved. It's and it's, as Vince said, it's how you leave them. And I came at that pay per view, unfortunately, laughing. Well, that's the thing. Like, no matter what you like, even like, let's say Tony Khan's right, right? Let's say Brian Alvarez is wrong. Tony Khan's right. That's what's meant to happen. That's an awful way to close the show. If that is what you intended to happen, that's awful. Like low point. After I hope it's high, not. Out of all the high points that they had to then go, and then and then we're going to hit them with a dud explosion. Like, I mean, that, would, hope, that wouldn't have been. I a hope idea it's anyway. not the plan. I hope it's not. It wasn't the plan because it would tarnish my my uh, I guess opinions on AEW because I think they're fantastic. But that was wrong. They shouldn't have done that. So if that was the plan, I don't know. And I want to speak to you about. Hang on, Tony I Khan's wonder comment. as well. Let me just say this quickly. Like Tony Khan. As well, like I don't, I wonder how quickly he decided. Well, we're just going to kayfabe this then, because presumably he's on the headset talking to the commentary team. Like, you know, it, it, yeah. I don't know how, how instantaneously they made that decision, but you have to pivot and quick, and and they didn't. Like that, that's the like alarming thing. The commentary team and Eddie Kingston are like, that's they're the glaring bits of evidence that show you that wasn't meant to happen. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't and think I mean, anyone let, needs us to explain that, really. But yeah, let's not forget Tony Khan is very new to this booking game. He's he, but before last before last May, he didn't sit on a headset, so having to adapt to things on the fly is scary, and it is going to be new. That's why well, I, that's, I think that's, AW, a, that's a reduction thing, not a booking thing. I know of what course. you're saying. No, no, of course. But I mean, in terms of booking, in terms of you probably need a plan B. I'm sure, I, 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 maybe being presumptuous, but maybe history would have taught Vince. All right. If that say say a WWE attempted this match and this is what happened, I think Vince is more likely to have a plan B, as in, all right, this is uh, what we say if it if it doesn't. M maybe I'm putting a tin for hat on, but uh, I, I just no, think I don't maybe know about that. maybe AW was a touch cocky in terms of like, all right, we don't need to think about a plan B, and maybe it's something they'll consider for the future. Here's but did you hear what you, did you go on? I was gonna say, go on. Do you say what you got to say? Did you hear what Tony? Well, obviously, you did. I think you even shared it on Twitter. Oh, what there. he said afterwards, when Tony Khan was like, "Oh, fans!" So, like, you know how well, early we there's were. Only right. so, there's only so much we could do. That quote. I was like, "Okay, okay, I understand. Don't, don't I completely understand. Don't put the match." <laughs> we we were saying earlier how um, AEW delivered on the Hall of Fame thing. 
Like the Hall of Fame thing, AW delivered. If you felt underwhelmed by that, that's on you. With this, if you felt underwhelmed, fair enough. Tony Khan made it out as if we were like the bad ones for not feeling that like he was like, oh, it's like you wanted your superstars to explode. Like, yeah, it was like short people blowing each other up. What did you want? I'm like, "Mm, well, maybe more than like a couple like sprinklers. Listen, I'll tell you something here. Here's a hot take. The Hell in a Cell finish with Rollins and Fiend was worse because that was the intentional plan. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's why that's worse. I I was more deflated almost with AEW because the great, amazing work. I'm going to say amazing because the Kingston Moxley, all of that. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. It feels worse because that was amazing. And then it finished the way it did. But at the end of the day, they they didn't want that. It went wrong, right? Vince thought in his mind, the Fiend is a heel here. They want Seth Rollins to overcome this bad boy. It's a hell in a cell. How are we going to get out of this? He made like 20 wrong decisions inside one match. It was awful. Yep. Um, no, like, I agree. I completely me, agree with you. I don't know whether people are going to disagree with me in the chat or the ultra chats, whatever. I'm going to die on this hill, I guess. Hell in a cell was worse for me i agree i very much agree like you say it's all about intention and if if it emerges that this was aw's intention i'll probably think they're both equally bad but in terms of the fact that as far as we are aware this wasn't aw's intention but that ww like nothing went wrong with the seth rollins thing like that is how apart from the crowd reaction how ww wanted it to go which makes it even more questionable how you can all be sat there. And I'm sure there were probably a lot of people that thought it was a bad idea that either didn't speak up or had their opinions shut down potentially. But I don't know how anyone could think that was a good idea. Whereas this, I don't think anyone did think it was a good idea, but it was more like a mistake. If it had gone off the way they intended, and let's say it was a great finale where the ring explodes and there's like a lasting image of Kingston and Moxley under rubble, that would have been one of the all-time great closes i think with like the match that preceded it to to that to the actual conclusion of the story and everything that tied in people would have been waxing lyrical about it so it's just unfortunate i don't think we should hang anyone out to dry it just is unfortunate um also Uh, it's it's actually an interesting comment here from kevin spears what do they do with moxie now because we presume this would have written him off tv with renee's pregnancy you can't really write him off tv after that He, he he can't not be on tv now well, yeah, at least he said they're going to address it, right? So that, that's what I mean. Address call. it doesn't mean he's there. He will be, though, surely. You know, he just did. Uh, this, I mean, he did, he did the promo that suggested he would after the thing. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those where um, it will, you know, they'll probably tie up this loose end in the next couple of weeks somehow. Um, you know, AW are very good at that sort of thing. I've got all the faith yeah. in them. We do need to move on. We've just like spent 40 minutes basically on that. Um, Not that, but revolution as a whole. Um, Let me just say this. Cody Rhodes had some stuff to say. Now, I posted the quotes on my Twitter. Boy, there was some hurt feelings in my mentions. Like, man, Um, let me just read the full quote of what he said ahead of revolution. He was asked about 
NXT moving to Tuesdays, right? We have destroyed them. He actually says before this, uh, not to be braggadocious, we have destroyed them for over a year now in that space. Them leaving, perhaps that opens up a different viewership for us on Wednesdays. We're not reactionary to their booking and won't change anything to do with what they decide to do on Wednesdays. There's a lot of smart people who work for WWE and perhaps they are planning something else. Maybe it's Wednesday Night Raw for all I know. I'm not assuming their white flag moving to Tuesday nights is a true white flag. I'll wait and see. In the interim, we can continue to come up with new content, great stories, make new kings and queens, yada, yada, yada. Basically, AEW is going to continue to focus on themselves. Now, the destroyed them seems to have rubbed people really the wrong way on, on, on Twitter. Like, loads of people were in my mentions there. Let me say something again. I don't know if this is in the hot take. Sure, destroy, destroy might untrue. be a, uh, in the world. Destroy might be a strong word, but it's really not that far from the truth. They've won maybe eighty-five percent of the weeks since the Wednesday Night Wars started. It's pretty comprehensive. Like I'm not saying that they've always dominated them or like blown them out of the water. Um, yeah, and maybe just don't take it that serious. Not that deep. Cody Rhodes just back in his own brand. In saying this, though, Cody does love a little dig. Like that. Okay, the brass ring was fucking. Strange. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You got me there. Like it was bad. Like this whole like it looked like we had. I know Uptown Avondale, who's always in the chat here. He said on the live actually, it looks like like a golden hemorrhoid pillow where you're not allowed to sit because like your ass is hurt a bit. You're also got like it, it looked like Sonic to the Hedgehog thing. It looked like a donut. Like it was bad. It just took me out of the match because every time I saw it, I'd laugh. Like it would like okay. So I get it. Yes, subscribe. Uh, but every time we see these Cody little digs, I think they add up. Like all right, if it was just let's smash the um, the throne, cool. Just smash the throne. But it's 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 the constant little dicks. It's the constant little little jabs. And what, listen, what w- does it matter? Like it's just fun, isn't it? Like it no, is, why but, hang on. But, but it's one sided. Is it? Okay. When does <laughs> WWE dig out AEW really? Well, Triple H made the piss hand joke that everyone loves, obviously. Okay, so it's so, all right. Fair enough. But that was two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's like a one-off, right? But what I'm saying is... Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. That's the other one, okay? Other times, I cannot think of any time WWE has made a joke, whereas with AEW, it's weekly? I mean, I don't... don't, It doesn't bother me, if I'm honest. It it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me either. But I understand why people are bothered when they're like, just focus on your own thing, man. It's kind of like... So say, I don't know, we're just taking shots at Fightful every week. And Fightful didn't even respond to us. But me and you are sat here like, oh, Sean this, Denise that. And <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, come on, Fuck guys. Fightful. You heard it here. It's, it's, it's issue like, guys, chill out. Like, calm down a bit. J- just focus on what you're doing. Because what you're doing is fantastic. You don't need the little dick. Like, what did the brass ring add to anything? What did the, the brass ring add? Like, I get it. The smashing the throne, your first show, cool. Really cool. What did the brass ring add? Nothing. Mm. Like, 
Nothing. On, this is timely as well. Uh, Unrealized Thoughts says, Alex, you didn't read the whole quote. He also said, AEW lock, uh, no one in the AEW locker really thinks about WWE. That's uh, a lie. So to That's say a this big is, lie. He says, if you're ever backstage at AEW, no one is talking about our competition. So to be more precise, I think he means like while the shows are happening. They're not like yeah. going, they're not being reactionary. They obviously think about their competition, um, but they don't base their shows around it. And I actually do believe that point I feel like they've got their stories and stuff mapped out anyway. They're not just going, oh, no, um, they're doing something with the Undisputed Era. Oh, God, we need to like implode. A f-. Do you know what I mean? They're not reactionaries yeah. booking-wise. Yep. No, I agree. But, like, sometimes I'm like, all right, chill out, Cody. Like, just chill. Chill a little bit. It's fine. Yeah, it's you fine. You, you don't need to to dig all the time. But, listen, I think some of them are really funny. Like, some of them are really funny. The brass ring didn't do much for me. The... um. But like some of the other digs they make, I'm like, you know what, that's quite cool. But in saying that, did you see what WWE on BT Sport tweeted? Explosion. I mean, that's BT Sport, no. though. Yeah, no, it's not WWE, which is which is why I kind of guess it was all right. But it was um it was what did, what did they say? They were like, Oh, th- this is one of the best explosions we've ever seen in wrestling. <laughs> Fair enough. Little dig there. I've always thought it was weird though. Like, I always thought back in the day it was weird when WWE or you know, WCW or anyone like don't really acknowledge that the other exists. Like, I, I kind of like it that AEW. Difference. No, there is. Let me finish. Like AEW, yeah. they have their own like they acknowledge the wider wrestling universe. I don't know if this is a no, phrase I'm making up here, yeah. but they obviously they have all of the different promotions coming in and all of that good stuff. I, I, I think to then just not talk about WWE or whatever, and and, then, and obviously someone like Cody Rhodes who didn't have the greatest finishing experience there. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, to me, like, it just don't bother me. I just, you just, just take it for what it is. Just... I get it. Like for me, when they were like mentioned IWGP title, when they have the Anita, was it who did the death match that adds to it really adds to it. Makes it feel like yes, yeah, wrestling like, is well, wrestling is a big thing. Well. Yeah. Agreed. But there's a difference between that, which is paying respect and then having a brass ring at the top, which for me, actively damage the match for the sake of a jab. I mean, I, I wouldn't have gone with the brass ring. Don't get me wrong. But no, I think in terms, would I. Of, in terms and of... And a lot way- of people were like, that's stupid, which I get. Like, listen, mention the competition. Fine. Mention, oh, so-and-so has been in WWE. When Brody and Mox had their feud. Mention that. Great. But then don't do it if it's going to jeopardize your product, which for me... The brass ring did because it's like you're making a jab, which I get. You know what? It's always cool to make a little dig and pop for people that know the whole brass ring stuff. But for the first couple of minutes of the match, and I was looking at the Wrestle Talk uh, live reactions, the the comments, a lot of people were just talking about how stupid the brass ring looked. Like people were making jokes about what it was, Sonic the Hedgehog, and I saw that all over Twitter. As opposed to wow, Ethan Page is there. It was oh, that looks stupid, which I think is damaging. So if you're gonna do stuff like that. Don't have it damage your product, which I think this one did. I was about to say, I don't like, I didn't like the brass, brass ring. And when it starts to affect your booking, that's different. Yeah. I still don't care about Cody Rhodes or, or Triple H or vice versa taking jabs at each other. That will never bother me. That's just, you know, wrestling is fun. Anyway, let's go to the Ultra Chats. We haven't touched on them tonight yet. So let's start with Mark. Good day, gents from Canada. How are you? I'm good, brother. Louis. Yeah, good, good. My question today is, why did Lashley and The Miz have a world title rematch on Raw last night? It seemed unnecessary and time-wasted, in my opinion. Thank you for your replies. Don't know. I mean, he was the champ. 
no reason not to do it, I guess, just to just to put the exclamation point down for Lashley, you know, move on, cut bait with that, put a, put a, a full stop on that sentence, I guess, Lou? I think it popped a rating last week, so they probably thought, let's do it again this week. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I'd say, really. Um, otherwise, like I, I like Miz's promo at the beginning of the show where he was like, oh, I was cheated out. Like, nowhere did it say that I have to defend my title like successfully defend it properly. It was like, I just have to defend my title, which when he won by count out, he technically did. So I guess that is a way to do it. He can say that, oh, management has gifted him the match. Maybe that's me filling in the blanks though. But otherwise, yeah, it, it was a touch unnecessary, but I didn't hate it. It was another win for Lashley. So fine by me. On on the note of Raw, I do want to bring up um, Seamus and Drew. Uh, Jesus Banger. Christ. Like, I don't know how much more those guys can do to make it look real <laughs> without actually hospitalizing each other. Like Jesus Christ, guys, it's a work. You're killing each other out there. Um, man, it's brutal, but it's so engrossing. Yeah, it was really good. Um, the, the pictures they posted looked great. And I presume we're, we're leading into uh, fast lane, probably a third match between them, which I, I didn't mind the finish. I know a lot of people did, didn't like it because it was an ODQ match, but like both guys couldn't stand up. So, okay, that's fine. Like, what do you want them to do? Fight to death? Like, it was fine. Like, it, none of them could stand up. It wasn't like one of them was beating the other guy up too much, they called it. Like, both guys w weren't responding. So, yeah, I, I think that this worked well, and I'm looking forward to another fast lane match uh, between them. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, anyway. Nine, nine times out of ten, that goes to a last man standing with a storyline like this you know where they both couldn't get up so we'll see i mean I, either way that the, them two together absolute bangers so let's hope that continues uh mohammed says just a quick stat that might or maybe not surprise you retribution faced new day slash riddle for nine different rules this year out of 10 one more next week too yeah it doesn't surprise me wwe love to do that right same with um Hurt business last year, getting stuck with like the same combinations of Ricochet and Alexander before he went, Ali, whatever. Like Apollo. Yeah, WWE love to do that, Lou. Like it, it they just, it's like uh, it's, I want, uh, it's lazy, really. Yeah, it is. Like I was thinking about this the other day. The only match AW's done back to back weeks is Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer. That's the only match they've ever done back-to-back -back weeks. Whereas WWE, it's the same variation of guys every week. And it does, it's like, all right, this is the tag feud, and you can only mix with people in the tag feud. And for me, that's a, it's a little bit annoying, so I hope we see more variation moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, WrestleScope says, do you guys think the ending Alexa Bliss segment with the match and Pyro... Was a shot at AEW. Seems like it. Ah. I mean, I don't really believe in coincidence too much, but I don't also think, you know, when you actually look at the, what they've been doing yeah. with Alexa and Randy, it didn't feel out of place to me. When I saw it, the first thing I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, to be honest, I didn't really think about that until you just said it. So mm. It didn't feel out of place for the feud, which makes me think that it wasn't a shot because we've seen this feud incorporate fire. We've seen this feud incorporate sort of explosions and things like that in the past. I mean, before um, uh, Elimination Chamber, before this whole revolution stuff, everyone was saying, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Randy's pod catches on fire at Elimination Chamber? There's an explosion and out walks Bray Wyatt. So it was something fans were talking about. So I don't think it was a shot. 
But potentially there was something like, you know what, it works with storylines, so let's do it because it is a bit of a jab. And I'll be willing to hold my hands up, but I don't think so. And I listened to Wrestling Observer Radio, and Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez didn't say it. And believe me, if they I wanted would have. it, they would have. If they had a, a smidge of an inkling to say, all right, uh, the, like this is a shot, they would have done. So no, I don't think it was. Uh, WrestleScope also says, hey, Alex and Louis, I think AEW screwed up by doing it's all Kenny's fault narrative uh, for the failed ending of Revolution. Makes your champion look like an idiot. How do they dig themselves out of this hole on Dynamite? Now, I mean, we we have touched on this a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, it's very difficult for me to to go back and say that. I'll say... Maybe what we said earlier, right? Like somebody is involved or they're going to get someone involved who've mucked around with the wiring or the triggers or whatever. Uh, that's one thing. You still have to but explain. why was Eddie selling? That's, that's exactly it. You still have to explain I do, I that. I don't see Did he, have, don't like, see did he, did he get too stressed? Did he get too stressed and he just passed out on Moxley? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But either way, they have to sort that out. Like there, there's a... There's a lot, but I mean, actually, I have faith in AEW. I'm, I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure they can. If do one promotion's earned my trust with in terms of getting themselves out of this poll, it would be AEW. Because mm. what would they have done if it, if they just admitted it went wrong, storyline wise? I don't know. Weird one. Anyway, uh, Matty the Hot Scott says, "Hey, Alex and Louis, I liked Revolution. All the matches hit perfectly. I loved." The barbed wire death match, the way Mox got out of the one-winged angel was so clever. Really pleased for Christian. I would have loved an Edge and Christian reunion. Happy for him. Impression week. Can you introduce today as Rusev Day? I'll let you go first with this one because my voice what? hurts a bit. What? What do you mean go first? Um, I'm, I'm here on Friday. I'll do it on Friday. You can go first. Are we, are we talking about... Um, so like the sing, yeah, the singing part. I'm not doing like the whole, the whole because he used to do all different rhymes before it. I can't do all of that. I can't even remember. Go like to to, today. Today is Rusev Day. Today <laughs> is Rusev Day. You know what? That wasn't bad. There you go. That wasn't bad. Uh, in terms of the other part of the ultra chat. Yeah, a one-winged angel was great. Like, not having him kick out, but having him kick the bottom rope was a really cool spot. So I enjoyed that. I very much enjoyed it. I thought the match was good, but obviously, unfortunately, no one's talking about it because of obvious reasons. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, well, Louis said it on the head there. Absolutely right. It's uh, amazing. Baby. I feel sorry for the talent involved. We, we've already trod over it a lot, so I'm not going to delve into it too much. But yeah, man, I just feel sorry for them. Really, they deserve better. Uh, George Yamin says, how do you guys feel about Apollo's new character? I love it. Even the accent, I think it adds to his character. Do you think he'll win the IC title? You know what? Um, it's it's all. I think it's for anyone, you just slap a new accent on them or take it away in most cases, is jarring. It's a bit like, well, okay, you know, especially Apollo's been in WWE for like seven years. Um, but I like it. And I've interviewed Apollo before. I remember at WrestleMania little, uh, 33, I, I interviewed him in the flesh. And we were talking about his Nigerian roots. Like, this is a very real thing. It's not a gimmick. He really is from there, born there. Um, Have you still and, got that clip or that uh, interview? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I do. I do. I mean, I, I'd be interested to hear it because I know a lot of people 
They're like, oh, this is racially insensitive from WWE. They're like, they put stereotypes in it. But Pete, actually, and if you want to get another perspective, watch Pete's review on the Wrestle Podcast channel on Friday, on Saturday, sorry, because he spoke to a friend with Nigerian African descent who said that it was not uncommon, like, to have the guards. Uh, uh, Pete initially thought, oh, this is like, quite racially insensitive. You're making stereotypes. But the guy said, no. This is very much what happens in sort of Nigerian culture when uh, you have a very wealthy family. They will have guards. Same with the spear. Um, and with the accent, I think they explained it well with like, oh, he, when he came to America, he had to teach himself not to speak like that. So he yeah, didn't feel exactly. like he was putting, didn't feel like he was putting on the accent. It felt like he was reverting back to his accent and finally accepting who he was and what he'd done before. So, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, look, Apollo Crews, uh, he, he actually is born in America, I believe. But then he went to Nigeria because um, his family or his parents actually are Nigerian. So uh, it's one of them where there's no way you do something like this without his input and consent and stuff. And, uh, you know, like I said, the interview that I had with him was him talking about his Nigerian roots. He said he used to play as a sweeper, Lou. In football, obviously he wasn't as Jack then, um, but he was a nimble sweeper, which I can't imagine would be fun to play against. Uh, and he was just—he was literally talking to me about all the stuff that he used to do back in Nigeria. So it's a real thing, you know. His heritage is very real. To tap into that and to portray that, you know, hopefully they do it justice. Is is what I would like. I'm happy that Apollo gets someone to sink his teeth into. He's a talent who's deserved to have something for a long time. Hopefully this is it. I mean, will he win the IC title? Um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go against my boy Big E, right? But at the same time, when you do a character shift like this, I often think you need the momentum and you need a big jumping off point. If you lose matches kind of straight away, it doesn't help. So hopefully, hopefully he wins it and then there's like a cool feud that goes on there. Um, any other thoughts from Raw, Louis, before we close things down here? Let's skate through what happened. Yeah, uh, the Shane segment sucked, but apparently it was supposed to suck. Yeah, so five was reporting that it was intentionally supposed to look like Shane wasn't getting his words out to make him more unlikable, and he's going to be bullying Braun because they want Braun to be a face, but they think, and Dave Meltzer said this, they think that people would naturally cheer and root for Shane in that feud, so they're having to make it like really clear who's the heel. It sucked. It wasn't good. But I'm quite into the feud. Like I can't lie. I'm I've convinced you, haven't forward... I? I've sold you. No, I, I can feel I, it. Even at the time, I was like, you know what? It's going to be fun. Like the match, if it's like full town anywhere or something, sort of like I guess where you can hide their limitations and make it like a schmoz, maybe fight all over the place. I quite like that. It'll be quite fun, like a bit of a car crash one. I think I'd quite like it. It's not even hiding their limitations. It's accentuating their strengths. Like that's what Shane's good at, basically being a stunt guy. Uh, Braun Strowman's good at wrecking shit. Put them together, you've got a great match at WrestleMania. Like that, it will be a lot of fun. You know, the, the segment sucked, sucked really bad. Like just for the end of it, where Shane called him stupid or whatever, and you know, duped him. I was like, oh, okay. Like I guess that makes sense now. I understand what was going on. But there was a whole like ninety seconds which felt like forever on the yeah. stage where Shane was like, <sighs> like, and I'm like, has he forgot his words? Cause he's pacing back and forth. Like, I still kind of think he did forget his words. Like I, I, I it was all very, very, maybe, maybe he's just that good, that good at acting. Well, he must be. 
But Sean said, I think the exact words were, it went exactly how WWE planned it to go. So weird. What's the heavy breathing about? I don't know. Anyway, you know, like you said, it maybe it got the job done. Who knows where we're going to go from here? But yeah, uh, I, I actually didn't think it was a, a terrible episode of Raw, to be honest. AJ and, and Randy was, was good in the main event as well before shenanigans uh you know i'll tell you what um slapjack had a good sprint of a match with riddle as well yeah, it, new day it, and her for, business for what it was good yeah. stuff no, it was good. good stuff it was it was a bit of a nothing show like i don't feel you had to watch it no to, i mean like, you would have missed lot, anything there's a lot like you know raw is still firmly like my down the peck in order to smack down dynamite but i feel like there's been a lot more harder Raws to watch in recent memory. Like I do feel like the last couple of weeks have maybe picked up a little bit, and maybe I'm measuring that against a low bar that has been set over the past few months. But still, uh, I thought it was cool. Anyway, we have to end it here, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here for the. I do want. I do want to say because Ollie will kill me if 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 I don't if I don't do that. He was like, make sure you get the big cast clip in. Make sure you do it. We didn't even do that. Yeah. All right. I will do this very quickly. Um, and we got one more option in there, which we'll get to. So Big Cass, uh, we had an interview, very good interview. He spoke about his issues with struggles with addiction, um, accepting and embracing Alcoholics Anonymous, and how he's been happier and healthier than he's been in a long time. So this is what he said to me regarding the reports that he was supposed to return to NXT with Enzo in 2019. I know Al spoke to Triple H about this, but this is what Cass had to say about the matter. Um, yeah. Something I did want to ask before we wrapped up. Uh, there were rumors, I guess, and reports that yourself and Enzo were returning to NXT with the start of the USA Network deal. Was there any ever any truth to that? Because I think it was, not sure if it got taken out of context or not, but it, it that obviously didn't come to fruition. But was that ever spoken about or in the works or anything of that nature? If there was any truth to it, it was never spoken about with me because I was blindsided And you think you'd know. You think you'd know. Yeah, <laughs> I think someone would have maybe called me. But uh, I'm sure maybe there was a meeting where maybe our name came up and that's all anybody needed to be like, oh, yeah. there we go, and they put that out there. Um just to get people clicking and to to get a, a news story out there. But as f I was not informed and I was never called. So that, as far as I know, is not, wasn't happening. So, yeah, interesting that Cass has said that it wasn't in the works, nothing was discussed. Because I know when you spoke to Triple H, he made it seem or suggested that it might have been Enzo, I guess, leaking the stories. To be fair, Triple H never insinuated that Cass had anything to do with it. It was all... Enzo that got the heat from I Triple mean, H. you'd think Cass would know though, if Enzo was making it up. That Cass would be like, all right, like this is something's been made up. But yeah, interesting. Somebody fed it to Meltzer, though, right? That that, that we do know, right? And but, Meltzer uh, thought and Meltzer thought that it was legit, right? So yeah, well, I mean, I don't doubt what yeah, you Cass have to said. narrow that down. You have to narrow it down when, and say, well, who could have been? Probably could have been Enzo. I'm just when Cass, when, when Cass said Oh, I'm sure our name came up in a meeting. I don't doubt that. I'm sure that Cass's name and Enzo's name came up in a meeting about maybe who we could sign. I'm sure there were many other talent that were also brought up. So it, it'd be interesting to see uh, what would have happened, but obviously that didn't come to fruition. Uh, I'm going to be releasing more stories on WrestleTalk.com from this interview. Cass talks about feuding with Daniel Bryan, uh, calls Enzo an underrated seller, speaks about teaming with him. I've got one up now, Cass saying whether or not he'd like to return to WWE, and then got, of course, speaking about his issue, uh, his struggles with addiction and how he's in a much better place now. So WrestleTalk.com for that very, story. Very and uh, 
that interview, which you can also watch in the uh, sort of in the stories if you click on them. The full interviews there. It's about twenty five minutes, and it was it was absolutely great. Cass is tremendous, like great guy. I didn't realize how great he was until I spoke to him. Uh, great guy. We're in contact. So, absolute top guy. Absolute top guy. I can't speak highly enough of him. All right. <laughs> uh, it seems like I'm really putting him over, but it's always like it was, it was genuinely nice. To see, obviously, we'd, we'd heard a lot of reports and we'd seen things that, that weren't nicer. To see him happy, smiling, and to chat about how he has come up, sort of turned the corner with his uh, alcohol addiction was was genuinely lovely to see. And I'm very happy for him. That, that was my favorite part to, to listen, uh, read. It was very, very good. Very good. Uh, George Amin closes out here saying, Peyton Royce cut a great promo on Raw Talk. She sure did. Um, you know what? And we say promo. And there's often like different ways you evaluate what a good promo is, be it cadence, delivery and all stuff. What I took from this and Peyton Royce, you know, with like the pauses and thoughts and emotion, it was very real. Like she was saying really exactly what she thought and the frustrations of seeing herself get passed over from the opportunities. You know, I've seen some people kind of get salty on Twitter now going, oh, raw talking, talking smack, you know, blah, blah, blah. like that, to me, I love people, the promos. People on Twitter? People on Twitter? Yeah, that's what I said. Was it not? Oh, was it any, anyone in particular? <laughs> no. Um, I, I saw a few. I saw a few people going like, oh, is yeah, this so did great? I. And I was just like, it was great. Uh, and I think a lot of the best character work and you getting to know the performers really goes down on those shows. So, you know, why not give her a chance, man? Why not? Like, she's proven in little spurts, you know, the little stuff she did with Bailey towards the back end of the year and Survivor Series and whatever. Like, I just feel like Peyton Royce is someone, and you can see by the outpouring of support for her promo from her peers that they obviously wanted to get a shot. So why not? I say, why not? You know, support this. I very much agree. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, no more ultra chats there now. I believe we've got through them. Uh, Louis, people will be able to catch up on your big cast stuff in this coming week. Uh, I've got some stuff in the chamber as well. Like, I did a lot of stuff for Women's Day that I haven't been able to write up yet. Be it Gail Kim, there's still stuff from Natalia and Lisa Marie Varane. There's a lot of stuff um, that I really need to get into that I haven't yet. So you, you'll see that coming in the next week or so. But until then, I'm back tomorrow with SP3. Steph Chase is here the day after that, both at 8pm before Luigi returns. 8pm, Friday Night Insight, back at his Friday night slot. And we will see you tomorrow. Remember, follow us on Twitter. Don't make us come and tell you again because we'll do nothing about it. Take care. Bye-bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>